kid. And Hi, everybody. I am here with Sarah Howard from Elite Mobility Training. And Sarah and I met well, what's about, probably about two, three years ago now. Yeah, via Twitter. Yeah, um, which is just, again, just such an incredible resource for, for parents and students to come out there and, and, and learn uh, amazing new things. And, and I wanted to bring you here today, first of all, because um, um, Will Carroll mentioned you in his book uh, with the power of um, both mobility and yoga. And I want to dive right in. Why does it seem so taboo for these young teenagers to talk about yoga and mobility? Well, I mean, it's never been a focus before, right? The whole focus on everything is grinding harder, no days off, no time for rest. So they don't, um, they haven't been shown it. They haven't been shown that this is actually part of a lot of people's training, but it's not sexy to film. It's not sexy to photograph. So they don't put it on social media. So these kids see their idols and all they see is them deadlifting 400 pounds or throwing 95 miles off the mound. And they think that's all there is. But in reality, these guys are doing this behind the scenes. They're just not sharing it because it's not flashy. That, ma that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, I know that, you, you know, you've worked with people like Jack Flaherty and, and he shared some video with uh, some of his stuff. What are mm -hmm. the most common misconceptions that you see that, you know, either uh, parents who are looking into it for their for their kids or the athletes have about the practice of uh, yoga for their baseball career? Um, I think a lot of people think of the word yoga and they feel like they're going to turn into Gumby and be too flexible. And when in reality, it's virtually cannot happen. I mean, if they were to stop working out and just do yoga 24 hours a day, yeah, that's going to happen. But so that's a big one that they're going to get too flexible or too bendy. And then like with the therapy balls, the, the biggest misconception is it has to hurt to work, right? People think that harder is better and the exact opposite is true. So let, let's let's talk about that, because one of the one of the things that obviously, you know, Sammy got uh, introduced to early on when he was started uh, training at uh, True Grind um, was the practice of, you know, obviously using the foam roller and using the lacrosse balls and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of people think that, you know, that's changing the fascia and stuff like that. And it, obviously it's not. Um, and those tend to be harder and, and, and we'll we'll talk about your balls in a few minutes we don't, we don't want to get to it too too quickly but let, let's let's talk about what is the thinking behind the lacrosse ball because i do see you know some kids carry lacrosse balls in their bag or they'll sit on a baseball you know like in even, even between a game and crush their lats is, is that helping them is that harming them what, what is that actually doing for them nothing it's doing nothing for them and it's potentially hurting them i mean they're essentially rolling their body on something that's as hard as a rock Right? A lacrosse ball was made to play lacrosse. A baseball was made to be hit by a wood or metal bat. And they're rolling their tissue on it. So the reason people stop doing this work, I think, is because they're using those kind of tools that don't get them results. Because your body feels something super hard and invasive, and its job is to protect you. So it braces. It's Stiffens up, which is the exact opposite of what you want to happen. 
But I think because coaches have these balls laying around, they're like, oh, people talk about rolling. Like, just go, here's a ball. Go roll on this. And they hate it. It hurts. Uh, oh, it certainly does. I mean, you know, even even golf balls, right? The people will use yeah. golf balls on, on their feet and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it, it could be quite painful. Well, and think about that. The bones in your feet are so small and you are taking something that is so, so hard and smashing it. So yeah, you could very well injure your tissue or your bones by smashing your feet on something hard like that. So if I'm a, a parent and, you know, unlike Sammy, who's obviously been, you know, working on his mobility for, for years now, um, and I want to understand why there's value for my baseball player to start some of these practices. What would you list as the top three benefits for them as a baseball player and getting involved in either some, you know, it could be, it could be yoga. doesn't have to be yoga, but some kind of mobility practice and, and how to start incorporating that on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, I think the benefits are injury prevention, moving better and becoming more aware of your body. And then the mental aspect of it, right? Yoga is so intimate with movement and breath. And when you can become more aware of your breath, you can become more aware of the present moment. And you have that tool then on the field to be able to quiet your mind instantly. But unless you practice that off the field, it's never going to help you on the field. So it's oh. huge for physical and, and mental. So if, if you were a parent, let's say of a, of a, of a tween, right. Let's call it a middle schooler. And they want to start incorporating some of these routines in there. Should they be doing the same yoga routine that maybe mom is doing or, or should they be looking at something a little different? Um, I mean, I think that depends. Like if she, I'm not a proponent of athletes going to hot yoga. And the reason I'm not a proponent of that is because it's a massive workout, right? And the reason that they like it is because they feel like it's a workout and they're sweating and it's hard. They get enough of that stuff during their training. So if mom is going to Bikram yoga or a hot yoga class, I'm going to say no. But if mom is going to or doing yoga at home, that's just a like level one to vinyasa class. Absolutely. You know, there are some things that they should skip. Like if there's a hundred chaturangas, which is essentially a push up get them, right? They don't need to work their shoulders and their wrists on that anymore. Um, yep. So there are little things like that. Like I don't have my athletes do chaturanga at all, ever. That switch, I started when I first started, I was having them do that. But then I realized like, I don't need to prove how hard yoga is. These guys don't need more of a workout. So what can I take out from yoga and still give them the good stuff? So chaturanga is just pitch up. Um, but yeah, they can absolutely do yoga at home with mom or dad for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, like I said, I think it's a, it's a mental barrier for a lot of teenagers to think of working out with mom and dad, but I think it's obviously, you know, if they started incorporating some of those movements when they were a little younger, uh, it would become a lot more natural and easier to build in that habit as they were going forward because they would feel those benefits much earlier. 100%. If your body can get into a position easier, you're going to be able to have better force production and better rotation and better movement, right? So that is, that should be a green light for most of them. Um, 
just that that ability to get into the position they need to get into with ease. So so let's talk a little bit about your bowls. Let's start let, let's start let's start with the tune-up bowls because those are obviously very different. And they're not quite like lacrosse. Yeah, I got mine here. Uh, and yep. I'm going to take one and put one down because I'm going to work on my foot while, while you're talking. I might as well. Good job. Right <laughs> um, okay. So why, why are they different? Obviously, you know, they're, they're squishier. I don't know if people can see that if they're watching the video, but they're, they're, they're a little squishy. They have a little give to them. Um, and you have two different sizes to them as well. So can you yeah. talk about why they're different and how they're, each one of them is used a little bit differently for what kinds of, of, of work? Yeah, so there's three different sizes. There's the originals, which are smaller than this. There's the plus size, which is what the majority of my athletes use. And then there's the alpha, which is that big one that you just showed. Yeah. So it's kind of in terms of like when you go to a massage and somebody uses their palm or their elbow or a finger to get in. So it can kind of get into different parts of your body differently with more precision. It also is dependent on how big of the body you have, right? So a lot of the guys I work with are bigger athletes, but they're going to use the plus of the alphas for everything. Um, you're demoing one great thing. You can use one ball or two. They are squishy and they are grippy, right? So that's going to disarm your nervous system. It's going to feel safe. And the, the grippiness helps to hydrate your tissue better. So it's all about keeping things able to slide and glide on the inside. Um, I like to say your body needs to be like a slip and slide, right? If you go down a slip and slide with no water, that's not going to be very nice. If it's there is burn. hydration, yes, yes, you're not going to move well and you're possibly going to get injured. It's the exact same thing with your body, right? So these, you can use one or two. Um, there's that little space in the middle, which is great for like when you take these down your back, it snuggles around bones, which means it grips more tissue. Right, as opposed to a foam roller, which is flat and it goes right over the surface of the bone. So it's fine, but for these busy athletes, let's use something that's going to impact more tissue. Well, I mean, we love it because we'll we'll take uh, one of each ball usually um, when we travel. You know, especially like the mm -hmm. baseball tournaments, and they're in the bag. And you know, after that long car trip, there's nothing like getting on the ball, you know, and, and, and we'll, we'll swap between the two of them, me, because I've been spending most of the time driving him because most of the time he's been sitting cramped up in, in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a massage anytime you need it, right? You get to the hotel, you don't have a massage therapist, budget is tight, whatever. You have a massage anytime you need it. And that's pretty cool. Um, Actually, before we dive into the other one, let's talk about what, what are some of the like, the key spots that um, you see, especially pitchers, for example, um, want to hit often when, when they're using these balls? Um, pecs, for sure. Deltoids, rotator cup traps. All of those areas can be done at the wall if need be. If you don't have floor space, if you don't have a block to hit your pecs, you can take one ball, go to the wall. Those are great. Hands and forearms are often forgotten. But think about how much they're gripping a ball, yeah. a weight, their bags they carry. Um, so those are forgotten spots. Groin is another one we hit. Groin and quads are often often taken care of in sessions. Yeah, and, and I've seen a lot of also uh, the lat a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. really trying to get in there. But but for that, oftentimes you'll also use this ball. Hold on, let's, let's get that there. Gorgeous ball. So tell us about this one, because this is this is very different than the other two. 
Yeah. So when I first started this, this is all the role model method is all from Joe Miller. So I was having some low back pain and low back discomfort and nothing I was doing. Like massaging it wasn't helping. Yoga wasn't helping. And I somehow Googled something and came across her video that says, if you lay on this underneath your stomach, it is going to ease what you're feeling on your back. And I'm like, well, that is BS. Like, how does that work? And but I was like, whatever, it's like $12. I'll buy it. So I bought it, tried it. And I was blown away. Within minutes, I felt relief on my back. So, of course, dove into the program. But basically, like, any weight stuff you do, your core is being used, right? Your core is being strengthened. And then you're also strengthening your core with core workouts. And this area never gets touched during recovery. You think about cupping, Norma Tech boots, massage even. Mark Pro. Yep. Yeah. Never. It only gets strengthened. But it is impacting your entire body's movement. So shoulder mobility, back stuff, hip, it is intimately tied to everything. So that especially if you're a rotational athlete. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is something that we use. They lay on it under their abdominal area. So it helps to soften the abdominal muscles. It helps to get things supple. Um, and then like you said, we bring it up to the chest. We do a lot of movement underneath the arms, onto the back. And it's massive, right? So it touches a lot of tissue in a short amount of time. Um, and you said, and I think the, the parents probably heard it and probably didn't, didn't really process it. It's $12. Yes. It, it, 12 it's $12. 15. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really um, priced well, so people can buy them. Right. And then if you're buying them for a team, you can get wholesale and they're basically half off. Um, now, I know that you have all kinds of different uh, yoga certifications. Do you focus in on one particular type with your athletes or are you trying to mix and match and blend to figure out what works best for each individual athlete? I mean, I pull things from what I feel is best. And I get rid of what I don't need. I do a lot of vinyasa, so a lot of the moving ones, right? Like sun salutations, warrior twos, warrior threes, that kind of stuff. We do a lot of flow. We do a lot of movement. Um, but my sessions with my guys are probably 75% of this work and 25% yoga. So it's great. They get to lay down almost the entire time for the session. I mean, how could you hate that? Well, the, but it's 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 what you mentioned earlier, right? The the, the thinking goes, you got to just keep grinding, you got to keep working harder, you got to get more swings, you can't rest. And I think most most parents don't understand that muscle builds in recovery, it builds in rest. It does not build in the weight room. Like you put the strain on it, but you need that time to recover in order for the muscle to actually build. Um, and it's one thing that, you know, uh, Sammy's even written about it on the blog post somewhere. We talked about, you know, his nighttime recovery routine, which is extensive. I mean, he'll, he'll go ahead and he'll do electrolytes before he goes to sleep because he wants to make sure he doesn't cramp that anything that he's missing. And it just becomes a habit. It's just something he enjoys doing it. That sets him up. You know, he may have done already a little Mark pro if, if, if he had a heavy workout day, he'll go ahead and then he'll, he'll go to his bedroom and he'll start using his blue light glasses. He'll start, you know, doing some mobility work, some band work. Um, and that will get him, uh, you know, ready to start getting into that relaxed mode before he goes to sleep. Um, but that's taken over years to, to d- develop those habits. 
when you're working with professionals, um, how often do you see that they have some of these habits? Um, I will tell you that I was pretty shocked when I started this to hear the amount of them that were never taught this through high school, college, and into their pro career. Like it is just not something that's done and which is obviously such a bummer. Um, so yeah, more often than not, they don't have a routine, right? They maybe get a massage a week, maybe twice a week, but in reality, this is stuff you need to be doing on your own body. You need to take responsibility for being able to and having the knowledge of how to keep your body healthy, especially when you, A, don't have the budget, don't have um, the time or scheduling or have a massage therapist there. And like I said, this just isn't like abdominal stuff isn't covered under massage anyway. So yeah, it's, it's shocking. Um, and coaches need to hopefully start changing that. They need to have team time for recovery as opposed to telling them to do it at home. Yeah, you, it, you you manage what you measure and what you prioritize. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the coaches are giving them a really bad message. They're saying, this is not important enough for me to give it team time. So the athletes say, not important, don't need to do it at home. And then, you know. Almost like homework. <laughs> a little bit like homework. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if, if, you know, I have one college baseball team that has bought all in on my program. I have hundreds of individual athletes that I've worked with um, at the college level, but I have one team back in Kentucky that has bought all in and they have, you know, we have FaceTime sessions every week. They have team time that they do it. They take it on the road. So these kids are doing it in the hotel. Um, you know, it's just a decision that coaches have to make. Is this something that would be beneficial for our team? And the more healthier you can be, the more uh, robust your body is towards the end of the season, the better, right? We see, we see so much of the, that breakdown throughout the season. So here's, here's, here's a trick question for you. Hmm. What is harder to work with, your athletes or the kindergartners that you used to teach? Well, sometimes when I teach high school, I feel like I'm teaching kindergartners still. <laughs> uh, you know, that depends. A lot of it depends on um, the coach and the structure of the program and what's expected of the athletes. If that is dialed in and and I can get a lot more done. Um, so sometimes it just, that depends on the team. Okay. One, one more fun question for you. Um, I, I, I realized that you um, were a, a CIA trained chef. Yes. So if you had to give uh, athletes a quick recipe for like a to totally awesome recovery recipe, what would you give them? Recovery recipe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I am a big fan of a one-pot meal, right? I think a one-pot meal is super easy. So a pound of your favorite ground meat, throw it in a big, you know, if you have a, a big pan, add some rice, add a bag from Trader Joe's and those power greens, which is like spinach and baby kale. Mix that all together. I throw in some garlic and salt and top it with hot sauce. I think that's a very well-rounded, easy meal, one pot, not a lot of cleanup. 
it, it's 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 funny because I'm 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 very much the same way Sammy is. Like you know, I love to cook. I hate to clean. My wife loved to clean. Yeah. So that was a, that was a great marriage for that part. <laughs> Sammy enjoys the cooking, but he also just don't don't give me a big mess. So absolutely, I think a one pot is 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 probably the the right direction for him. Um, yeah, and, so that's it, awesome. and that's a relatively inexpensive meal, right? You can get all of that for from Trader Joe's, and it's under fifteen bucks, probably. Yeah, and and proper eating is part of that recovery routine. Right. And, um, you know, I, I find it relaxing, you know, when we're together and we'll meal prep together and figure out, well, you know, what, what he's going to have during the week. Uh, but knowing that he's getting that quality nutrients uh, to, to build those muscles while, while he's not working out and doing, uh, doing those recovery routines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Brian, one more thing, like this, obviously I would prefer athletes do this without a TV on or the phone in their hands because that's kind of having the opposite effect on what we want to happen. But if time is of the absence and the only time they can fit this in is at night when they're watching a favorite show or like TikToking or whatever, do it. Like if it's going to be nothing or that, let's go that route. Let's start to imprint that into your, your routine and your body when we can. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I, I've been sitting here the last 10 minutes just rolling out my feet. Um, yeah. you know, while we're talking and they're, they're feeling great. Yeah. So yeah, I'll often be on a phone call and have one ball at the wall and I'll give myself an entire shoulder and back massage while I'm on the phone. Awesome. Sarah, any last tips for parents uh, or athletes on uh, what they can do to improve their uh, mobility and uh, start having the kind of uh, success that you're seeing with your athletes? Um, yeah, I think switching out the hard balls for soccer balls is great. I think leaving them out so you see them is another easy way to do it. Uh, consistency wins, right? The more you do it, the more it's going to help. Um, and if you do try yoga with a yoga instructor and you hate it, it's probably not the yoga. It might be the yoga instructor, right? You have to vibe with that yoga instructor. I've not come back to classes based on how somebody says yoga, right? There was this one lady who says yoga. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. (laughs) So if you hate yoga, try a different yoga instructor. It might just be, you didn't vibe. And if um, parents or athletes have further questions and they want to find you, where where can they uh, search you up? Yeah, so uh, Instagram, I'm LA Mobility Coach. Twitter, I used to be LA Mobility Coach. But that was suspended. So I'm now EMP Ballers on Twitter. And my website is Elite Mobility Training. Awesome. Sarah, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me. I love this.